بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه All praise belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and peace and salutations be upon the final messenger Brothers and sisters in Islam Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to our fourth installment of our Dhul Hijjah Diaries, the series dedicated to the special month and the special days that we are in. In yesterday's episode, um, we began discussing uh, points that prove how uh, attached Dhul Hijjah is to the life of Ibrahim alayhi salam and uh, specifically um, the actions of the Hajj. And we know that this month houses the fifth pillar of Islam, uh, the Hajj. Yesterday we spoke about uh, Safa and Marwa and uh, we mentioned how Ismail alayhi salam was just two years of age and um, the scholars of history, they mentioned that Ibrahim alayhi salam never just abandoned his family in that place. Rather, he fulfilled the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and left Palestine with them and left them, yes, in the middle of nowhere as it was then. It was just a valley with nothing besides two mountains, two mountains that we now know as Safa and Marwa. But this wasn't abandonment. This was fulfilling the command of Allah. He wasn't allowed to stay with them. This was part of the test. But he would come regularly. He would frequently travel up. And there's a famous story of how Ibrahim alayhi salam once came and uh, he reached the door of Ismail and he knocked the door and this, uh, this female opened the door who was uh, understood to be the wife of Ismail alayhi salam. And she, uh, Ibrahim asked her that where is Ismail? And she said that he has gone hunting. Right, And this is what he used to do. He was the man of the home. So they used to hunt for their food. Uh, so he asked her, how's everything? And she began to complain about the difficulty of life and poor financial standing and weak material well-being and so on and so forth. And then Ibrahim said, you know, do you have anything to you know, host me so that I may be your guest? And she said, no, well, we, we have nothing. So Ibrahim alayhi salam uh, intended to leave back to his homeland where he was, uh, um, you know, where he was um, settled. But before he did that, he told her that when Ismail comes back, please tell him that, uh, that, such a, you know, that a man came by and he said he should change his doorstep. He should change his doorstep. So Ismail comes back from his hunt and he meets his wife and he asks his wife, he was inspired to ask her, did anyone visit me today? She goes, yes, this man, unknown man came. So he said, please describe him to me. So she described him uh, to, to Ismail and because, you know, Ibrahim frequented uh, Mecca to visit uh, his son uh, Ismail. Ismail understood from the description that this, this was my father. So he said to her, "Did my father? Uh, meaning, did he advise anything uh, to, towards anything?" And she said, "Yes." He said, uh, "You know, you should change your doorstep." So Ismail said that, "Oh, this was my father, and he was instructing me to divorce you, to to you know, to divorce you. Meaning, uh, he's instructing me that you are not a suitable wife for me." Uh, and then um, after some time passed, Ibrahim came back and he knocked the door and another woman opened and this was the new wife of Ismail alayhi salam and he asked her, where is Ismail? And she said he's gone hunting and then he asked how's everything and even though everything was still the same but she, you know, sort of what we say in English nowadays in colloquial slang, she bigged it up, she said everything is amazing and everything is perfect and, you know, uh, he said, do you have anything to host me so I can be a guest? And she, you know, she, she answered in the affirmative so Ibrahim alayhi salam excused himself and said anyway when Ismail comes back tell him to look after the doorstep right in in arabic it's called atabatababi look after his doorstep so Again, Ismail comes home, he's inspired, uh, you know, that there must have been someone who visited. So he asked his wife, she said yes. 
and uh, she describes the visitor. Ismail understands who the visitor was. It was my, it was his father. And he said, what did my father, you know, what did he say? What did this visitor, this old wise man say? And uh, she said that he said, you should look after your doorstep. So Ismail smiled and said, this was my father. And he's told me to, uh, you know, to, to, to look after you. Now, um, as we can see from the story, and there are lessons in it, but uh, we see from the story how grown up Ismail was. And obviously Ismail is known as the father of the Arabs. And his father Ibrahim was known as the father of the prophets. The father of the Arabs was Ismail. Why? Because this tribe of Jurhum once was passing through the area. They were also looking for, uh, for water and they were from uh, you know, the, the, the original Arabs. And uh, they see these birds circling in the air. And from their desert knowledge, they understood that there must be water nearby. So they dispatched um, a couple of companions or a few companions to go and, you know, uh, try and find out what these birds are flying over. And as they, you know, navigate their way towards this area that the birds are circling over, they find this well and they find this woman with a boy uh, sitting by the well. So um, it is it is said that the Prophet sallallahu mentioned that Hajar was a type of extrovert, meaning she she liked company and she was she was lonely where she was, and this was a mercy of Allah subhanahu wa taala uh, upon her that Allah also blessed her with people that she could now interact with. So these men came by and said, "Look, you know, we're looking for water. Can we settle here with the water?" So she said, "Absolutely, you can settle here, but on one condition, and that condition is no one has access to the well. The well doesn't belong to anyone." No one has a monopoly over it. And they agreed to it, so they settled there. And slowly but surely, you know, they grew in the area. And Ismail married from them. Right? And that is why our Prophet goes back to Ibrahim via his son Ismail. And the Prophet is an Arab, as we know. All the other Prophets go back to Ibrahim via Ibrahim's other son Ishaq. Right? The only Prophet that goes back to Ibrahim via Ismail salam is uh, our Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So um, many years later now, Ismail is, is here, he settled here, and Ibrahim comes back and tells him that Allah wants us to build this Kaaba. And uh, Ismail immediately, he, he answers the call of his father, you know, this big kind of attitude that whatever you say, I'm here. And they build the Kaaba, praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you know what's amazing, brothers and sisters in Islam, Allah tells us this part in the Quran, this part of the story of Ibrahim. And he says, In Surah Al-Baqarah, in the first Jews, Allah says that when Ibrahim salam raised the pillars of Allah's house along with his son and uh, you know, when they did this, they said, Oh, our Lord, except from us, indeed, you are the all-hearing, the all-knowing. Now, this is amazing, brothers and sisters in Islam, especially for those who are doing their hajj, and even those who are not on hajj, there's lessons for all of us. But if you know someone on hajj, send them this lesson, perhaps it will amplify the hajj experience as well. That there's no one who can compete with Ibrahim alayhi salam in this, in this act of worship. Imagine, who can build a Kaaba? No one can build a Kaaba. There's only one Kaaba. So Ibrahim receives an instruction to build one Kaaba in a place at a time, right? And this is the house of Allah 
There's no one who can compete with him in this worship. It's not like salah. We have people competing with us in salah. We have people competing with us in charity, you know, in kindness to parents and good character. People compete with us in all sorts of, of uh, you know, good deeds. But building a Kaaba, who? <laughs> no prophet can compete with Ibrahim alayhi salam. But subhanallah, what happens at the end? Does he jump up and down after he fulfills the command of Allah and, you know, arrogantly doing fist pumps and chest pumps and, and you know, maybe screaming some takbirs and look you know this is who I am and no look subhanallah as soon as he finishes doing this act that no one can compete with him in he say makes dua to Allah that Allah except from me and my son you are indeed all hearing of the praises we, we announced when we were building this Kaaba and, and, and you are Al-Alim you are the most knowing of our intentions and our actions right right brothers and sisters in Islam so what do we learn from this we learn from this that the right of Islam is to learn and the right of learning is to act. And the right of acting is to become more humble. After you act, you become more humble. And you worship Allah again. And we spoke about this with regards to the dhikr. It's one act of worship that Allah commands us to after worship. It's worship after worship. Worship after worship. After you worship Allah, become humble. Don't become arrogant because of your beard, because of your hijab, because of your thobe above your ankles. Don't do that. Become more humble. And feel blessed that Allah chose me and feel the need to thank Him and seek forgiveness for your weakness and try your best to worship again. This is a great lesson from the life of Ibrahim during the days of Hajj, from the actions of Hajj in the month of Dhul Hijjah. Worship Allah and after you worship Him, become more humble and worship Him again. Don't become arrogant and ever feel that you are better. For no one can compete with Ibrahim alayhi salam in building the Kaaba and not once did he ever feel better. Rather, he asked Allah for acceptance. I love you all for the sake of Allah until our next diary entry. Salamullahi alaykum wa rahmatuhu wa barakatuh.